0: be talking about money this morning, the pressures of money. It's the Christmas season. We spend more during this season than at any other time in, in, uh, in the year. Well, maybe maybe Boxing Day might be another one, but I was kidding around. It's from Canada. Anyway. Don't let anything steal your Christmas. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning and for the next three weeks. And this morning, we're going to focus on money. Anytime a pastor starts talking about money, you start running to the door, don't you? We're not going to be talking about giving this morning, okay? Everyone go, whew, okay? We're going to talk about spending. Spending. How do we get through the Christmas season, without letting money rob us of the joy of Christmas. I mean, if you think about it, the whole point of Christmas, the whole point of Christmas is that God sends his son, Jesus, to release us from all this stuff, right? And when we look at Caitlin, we, every year it just gets worse and worse and worse, and she thinks about the money and she's trying to track it all, but she can't because there's, Christmas has lost its meaning. In America, I got some pictures here that might. Uh, the stock market. Right now it's just a big gamble. The stock market's always a gamble, okay? It just so happens that now we're losing, <laughs> okay? Foreclosures all through the news. It's only going to get worse. Right? I don't know if you remember when uh, gas prices cost, cost that. Right? They're down now. Gas prices are down now. And Lisa, we were uh, coming back from a party last night, and I filled up my tank for $23. And, yeah. Right? And so Lisa said, $23. You know? And Well, it wasn't quite like that. I mean, she was like, $23? Yeah. So, uh, Right? So we get all excited. Gas prices are down. Guess what, guys? They're going to go back up again. The stock market's going to go up. Housing prices are going to go up. Then they're going to go down. And then they're going to go up. How do we get removed from all of this during this season? America's culture is consuming. Consuming. What we bring, again, this is not an indictment on America. I love America. I love everything about it. But you have to admit that our culture is a consuming culture, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's all about feeding ourselves. Whether it's media, we feed ourselves meat, we consume media, we consume food, we consume things to drink, we, dry, we do all these things, we keep all the lights on. Again, this is not a green, you know, sermon or anything like that. My point is everything about America is about consumption. I love this picture here. It's pretty indicting, Right? I love America, but I also have to keep my eyes open as to what's happening in a culture that would rob me of the simple story of God. You know, we read about uh, he's going to come riding on the clouds right at the trumpet's call to this glorious entry of Christ's second coming. But we are here today to remember his first coming born in a stable humility in Philippians. It says he emptied himself and he took the form of this little baby. And he humbled himself and was crucified. That is what should be fueling our Christmas. Anything else robs us of that. Sometimes we combine the the two. Here's uh, Moses and uh, the two tablets. The stock prices. Right? I mean, think about it. No other example gives it to us like what happened last week. When that Walmart worker was trampled to death. For what? I mean, what? What? Whose Christmas list says, you know, okay, tickle me Elmo doll, uh, you know, new television. Oh, and trample someone to death uh, while you're at it. That's how much it means to us. And I'm sure there was nobody who didn't. They didn't, you know. They were like, "Ah, who cares?" They they were just everybody gets swept up in it. And what I want to do in the next three weeks, and what these four sisters want to show us, is let's not get swept up in it. Let's not get swept up in it. Our culture is screaming to us to buy, buy, buy. When nine eleven happened, again, this isn't a political statement. It's a it's an actual statement. President Bush got on, talk about the tragedy. It was very tragic. And what did he tell us? Look, by good citizens, patriotism, go back to the malls, go back shopping, go back spending. Why? Because that's who we are as Americans. It was a more indicting statement than anything that could have been said because our economy, everything is wrapped up in you spending money, me spending money, and it's a lie. When we consume, the lie of consumption is that this will be, I don't know if you've ever done this before, you eat a meal and you go I am never eating again. That was so good. That's how my Thanksgiving dinner was. Ah, oh, Thanksgiving dinner was just off the charts. Not those charts, but the other chart. And I got done and I'm like, I can't be any more satisfied than I am right now. Right. Well, what happened the next morning? You know, it's like whipping me up some eggs and you know, right. Because the lie is that we'll, we'll consume something that will satisfy us. It says this in God's word, what causes fights and quarrels among you? I mean, is this not Walmart, uh, the Walmart trampling? Do they not come from your own desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. So you kill and you covet. The Bible is very relevant to today. And this morning, we're going to look at some things that will help us and some questions we can ask ourselves when we're actually writing out our list, when we're actually purchasing things for people that will hopefully help us not have our Christmas stolen by our culture or stolen by our flesh. You know, it's easy to blame the culture, right, without looking in the mirror. God's word says this. Everyone knows the 23rd Psalm. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we say, hallelujah, amen. I'd love whatever that is, or I shall not want. That's what I want. Well, it goes on and it says, how does God satisfy us so that we will not want? Well, he makes us lie down in green pastures and he leads us beside quiet waters. It's not a gift card, (laughs) right? Right. It's not like I shall not want. I got everything I needed for Christmas. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Don't you want a Christmas this year that is green pastures and quiet waters? And yet, sometimes it, you know, some of that I don't know about you guys, but some of that was like disturbing. <laughs> You know, the yelling and it's like, I'm not into that. I don't, I'm just like, man, put the candles down, man. She's going to explode. You can't see that. Right. But sometimes what happens with money, because it's so true, we're so entrenched in it in our culture, is that it starts to get. The scripture says it and we'll look at it later. The love of money is the root of all kinds of nonsense. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter six. You say, we're going through the book of Matthew. We're already past chapter six. We're going back for a little refresher course because it's important. Matthew chapter six. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at Matthew chapter six, starting, I think, in verse 12 uh, through verse 33. And uh, we're going to look at different tests we can give ourselves during the heat of battle. Right when we're about to trample someone, we can ask ourselves three questions. We can give three tests of why we're there, what we're trying to accomplish, okay? The first one is the savings test, the savings test. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter, oh, verse 19, sorry. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust destroy do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is church. <laughs> that's where your heart's going to be, or you can reverse it where your heart is. That's where your treasure is going to be. I can look in my checkbook and give a pretty good indication of where my heart is. I can look around my house and I can give you a pretty good indication of where my heart is. And at different times in my life, what's been in my house and how my checkbook, it's been a pretty indicting little thing there. <laughs> uh, do not store up. Now, this word treasures is a great word. It's really where we get our word thesaurus. Okay. And, and, and what, what a thesaurus is, is a collection of, of words that can be used to replace another word. I use a thesaurus when I want everything to start with S. I think of the word I want. I go to the thesaurus and I look for the S's and I go, is that going to work, right? A little pastor trick for you guys there. You're, you know all my secrets, okay? Don't store up a collection of things that you'll use to replace for other things. So, for example, I need peace in my life. Well, in this kingdom, in God's kingdom, he's got all sorts of treasures that I can use to grab onto to bring myself peace. I can grab onto his grace and go, oh, Lord, thank you for your grace. Even while I was dead in my sins, you saved me. That brings me great peace. Right? I can reach for his forgiveness of, of, man, I'm all bent out of shape. And I go, Lord, you've forgiven me. Thank you. I can reach for that. I can reach for his joy. Right? I can reach for encouragement. Where we get into trouble is where we want peace. And so our storehouse, our thesaurus, the word we reach out is things. I just want a little bit of peace. I want an Xbox 360, right? Or, you know, if I just had that, things would be all right. If I just had that position at work, things would be okay. You see how that works? And so this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, when you go to your storehouse... To go reach for something that you need to replace a situation. Make sure it's stuff that's all up here because those are the things that are going to last. And those are the things that are going to identify your heart. They're going to identify who you are. You see how that works? John chapter 15 verse 16 says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go bear fruit. Fruit that will last Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. See, we always love that part. I love that. Oh, he's going to ask whatever. Oh, Lord, you know, I need that car or whatever. What he's saying is, I want to see fruit that will last. And then when you come to me, it's going to be out of this thesaurus, this, this storehouse of fruit that is lasting. And I'll say, oh, I'll give you peace. Yes, I'll give you joy. In the midst of trials, absolutely. Fruit that will last. We we uh, I don't know if any of my kids are in here. If you are, I apologize. <clears throat> but we—we we, last year, for our kind of family gift, we got a Nintendo Wii. And uh, the Nintendo Wii is very fun. You can go bowling. And t- By the way, I'm a professional tennis player, just in case anyone <laughs> was wondering. I've made it to pro status. Um, so I got that to fall back on in case the pastor thing doesn't work out, you know. <laughs> right? And... I'm a professional bowler, but I don't want to brag. Uh, so we have this suite, and everything's going great, and you know we're we're all having family time together, bowling, and there's so much love in the air. Uh, it's just incredible, right? It's fantastic. And, and then we got Guitar Hero, uh, which is a tad different game, and 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 the fruit of that game is not fruit that will last. Start arguing arguing. I started, come on, there's only one guitar. And you've only been playing. Why is it that kids say, you've only been playing for five minutes? Five minutes is like the default. I've only been playing for five minutes. It's never five minutes. Have you ever been watching television or playing a video game and you look up and it's like, oh man, I just wasted a lot of time. Right? Because you don't know. So this game was bringing forth fruit that wasn't lasting. It was bad fruit. So we Put it in the garage, and we got rid of it. We're back to normal bowling again, of <clears throat> and tennis, of which I have the high score. But my point is, so we as I began to look at Christmas, I began to look at kind of what we had planned for the month, what we had to buy, and I started to try to identify what's the fruit that's really going to last. What's the storehouse? Am I what am I putting? In my storehouse, is it treasures from earth or is it treasures from heaven? Now, sometimes giving a gift, giving a sweater is absolutely fruit that will last. It really meets a need or I'm not going to get into all that what we should buy for Christmas and what we shouldn't. All I'm trying to do is get us to ask ourselves some questions while we're in the heat of it. First Peter, one four says this. You go into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. There are gifts We can give this year that will last forever. When you give the gift of forgiveness to someone in your family that's hurt you, that goes right into a storehouse in heaven, and it has eternal, lasting rewards, returns. But sometimes that's a hard gift to give. Wouldn't you rather just give a sweater sometimes than, than forgiveness? It's easier to do that. I want us to see this. Paul's talking to the to the Colossian, the church in um, the Colossians, and he and he's trying to explain to them what his purpose is. Now, imagine this Christmas. This was the purpose you had for everyone you gave a gift to. OK, if this was your purpose. You say my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The entire thesaurus of all the replacement things you can have for God is in Christ. That's what we're looking at in the Christmas season. It's Christ coming to give us relationship with God. If you can give that, if I can give that, if my purpose is that the people on my Christmas list may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. That's a pretty killer Christmas gift. (laughs) And so what I'm looking at, I guess the question we'd ask ourselves, I got my little guy up here. What eternal value does this have? We ask ourselves, we go through our Christmas list. We go through, like she was doing, uh, making the dinner, putting all this stuff out, doing all this stuff. What eternal value does this have? Because the answer, it might be different for any of you. I might give my kids a bike And it has no eternal value. You might give your kid a bike and it has tremendous eternal value. It's going to come down to the Holy Spirit ministering to you and to me. While I go over my list and I go, what eternal value? What am I saving? What am I storing up? Because I got hundreds of gifts I bought. uh, You could not recollect. You know, like she was saying at the end, I did. I got you that. I can't remember half the things I got and I can remember even less of what I gave. Cause it's not eternal, but I can remember Christmases where there was healing in my family. I remember a Christmas when Lisa and I were first married and we each had, we were dirt poor and we each had $20 to spend on each other. You remember that? And we went to, um, went to the mall and we went to the, we got packs of gum and you know, you tried to get as much stuff for $20. That was eternal. That was my wife and I on the same page, trying to live within our means, working together. Every little thing I was thinking about her, she was thinking about me, what I like, what I don't like. That's eternal. See what I'm saying? What does it have eternal value? The savings test. We could ask ourselves that. Okay. Take that away. Next is the servant test. The servant test. We start in Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, it's amazing what he says here. This is Jesus talking. He doesn't say, you know, guys, you know, a good life lesson is don't try not to get too involved with money because those it's like, water and vinegar doesn't really work or you know i have a suggestion for your christmas this year jesus says you cannot it is impossible that greek word for cannot is can not you cannot do it you cannot serve god and serve money at the same time you can't serve two masters think about that right i can't serve the master of food And lose weight at the same time, right? I can't serve uh, the master of gambling and be really great with my money. These two are incompatible. Serving money and serving God, the minute you go... And we've been talking a lot about these kingdoms. See, the God of money is the God of consumption, the God of materialism. It's all part of this kingdom down here. So when we're serving it, we are advancing this kingdom. And if we're advancing this kingdom... We are pushing this kingdom back, okay? And so this is the the um, the servant test. I want to read something. Does anybody have a dollar? I promise I'll give it back to you. Lisa's like, no. Oh, dude, thanks. I will get that back to you. Thank you very much. Okay. I didn't come prepared. I actually tried to come prepared, and then I looked at my wallet, and I'm just like, Lisa, because you know, all my money was gone. No. <laughs> Okay, I'm, um, I'm kidding around. Okay, listen to this. This is this dollar speaking. I'm going to I'm going because it's it's he can't. He can't talk right there. Okay, here's George Washington speaking. He says this, you hold me in your hand and call me yours or yours. Sorry about that. Yet, may I not as well call you mine? See how easily I rule you to gain me. You would all but die. I am invaluable as rain, essential as water. Without me, men and institutions would die. Yet I do not hold the power of life for them. I am futile without the stamp of your desire. I go nowhere unless you send me. I keep strange company. For me, men mock, love, and scorn character. Yet I'm also appointed to the service of saints to give education to the growing mind and food to the starving bodies of the poor. My power is terrific. Handle me carefully and wisely. Yes, you be, lest you become my servant rather than I yours. I've had times in my life where I serve the God of money. Thank you very much. I serve the God of money. I mean, nothing was going to I was bitter until I found out what my Christmas bonus was. And then I was bitter once I found out what my Christmas bonus was, right? <laughs> Where, 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 where I've sat around with those dear to me and we've talked about, you know, if we only had this, if we only had that, and there's turmoil and stress because we don't have it. I've, I've lived that. I've served that God. And it never, ever satisfies. That's the problem with a consumer mentality, a materialism mentality, is that even when you get it, the day after you have it, It didn't satisfy like we thought, right? We serve that God. I was at uh, Blockbuster Video a while back, and I was in line. And if any of you know me, I don't do well in lines. I'm very impatient. I firmly believe that every store should have a person that's there for when I come in. Uh, I do my shopping and then they go into action. They open up a place for me. I say, thank you very much. So I'm in this long line. So I'm already kind of stressed out and they have this little area where kids can play while their while their parents get uh, rated R movies. And so they, uh, they're playing around in there. And, uh, and so this guy gets done with his video. And uh, he says to his son, we'll call him Bobby, uh, because if, you know unless you, you might see the kid and judge him uh but uh we're going to call his name bobby his dad says hey bobby it's time to go the kid's playing with the stuff they have there you know like maybe he didn't hear him you know bobby let's go bobby and i ain't going anywhere bobby is playing with his truck so the dad goes bobby come on right and i'm like dude bobby you better get up dude cuz <laughs> It ain't going to be pretty. I'm telling you right now. Right? So the dad's like, one, two. Come on, buddy. Let's get going. he tries to change his tenor now. We're going to go with the buddy route, you know? Hey, come on, pal. We got to get going there, fella. Let's go. Bobby, one. I'm like, three, dude. Just say three. Well, I'll jump on Bobby. We'll get him, dude. Just... Just give me the three. I got the lady behind me like, come on, we can get him. We can, we can take Bobby. If we all pool our resources. The guy's like, two? I'm like, oh yeah. Get him, get Bobby. Hey, fella. Come on now. I'm like, dude, pull the trigger, man. Come on. Let's get him. We can do it. Children are a gift from God, it says in the scriptures. They are. Now, follow me where I'm going here. We have them to nurture them and to raise them and to train them. And they truly are a gift. All three of my children are gifts. But what had happened was that kid, the parent had become a slave to the kid, changing everything around. Oh, maybe I can get him to do it this way. Maybe this, maybe this. But because the coal, he, the dad didn't want to blow up at the blockbuster because... Your kids get taken away when you do that <clears throat> for a short time. But then you get them back. Um, right. This gift, this, this, this thing, this thing, he was a teenage thing. Uh, no, this little boy who was supposed to be a gift had turned out to be a monster for this dad. Right. This gift. The same thing is true with money. God gives us money, He entrusts us with money for our care that, that we we are entrusted with for us to care for and to look what 's the best way to use it what 's the wisest way to do it we, and, and it become we become enslaved to it, and all we want is more money and more money and more money or i don 't have enough money for you know, there's there 's a reverse side of this because we talk in terms of oh, well, if I had more money, Christmas would be saved. And I say, well, that's wrong. And everyone goes, yeah, it's wrong. It's also wrong to go. Oh, I got plenty of money. Christmas is great. See, it's the same thing. I've had times in my life where Christmas came and I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I'm shelling out all sorts of cash. I got all sorts of money never once asking the lord well, what am i what am i supposed to do with it should i really spend that much on all this stuff or, or should i invest in the kingdom or should i not or what i don't even ask him why cuz i got plenty of money see either one isn't right along the lines of who really is our master If it's God, it's going to affect every decision we make. And what happens is the joy gets taken out of Christmas because we forget to go to the God who sent his son for us to die and say, what would you have me do? There are gifts that last for eternity. Here's what uh, Jeremiah 2.23 says. It says, this is what the Lord says. (laughs) Anytime there's something in your scripture that says, this is what the Lord says, it's good to pay attention to that. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me. I mean, that's how we start Christmas. Ah, God, I know you. And if you don't know God, this is what Christmas is all about. And our culture and our flesh and the people around us have... Satan has tried to make it something different than just knowing God. That's Christmas. That's the gift. And as you give from a kingdom up here to people, those are gifts that last forever. And one of your small group uh, questions will be, what are some of those gifts? How can we give eternal gifts without spending any money? So the question we ask, does this serve God or me? That's the question. I've bought Christmas presents just because I didn't want the hassle of not enough Christmas presents for people to open. That serves me. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I've acted certain ways at Christmas time to serve me and not to serve God. So we ask ourselves when we look at our Christmas list, we say, does this have eternal value? Does this serve God or does it serve me? Thirdly, this, the, uh, oh, now I have to let him go there. The seek test. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the seek test. Are we really seeking the kingdom of God, the very kingdom of God? When we plan something at our home, are we really going, okay, how can I? I know Uncle Joe's going to be there, and I hate Uncle Joe. How can I advance the kingdom even when that guy is just an idiot? How can I do that? How can I buy gifts? How can I uh, act in a way? Uh, maybe it's not buying any gifts. Maybe it's buying more gifts. I don't know. That's that's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. For each of us, it's going to look different. But how can I go over my list of things to do, the the, the dinners to make, the, the the gifts to buy, and go, okay, how can I seek first and foremost God's kingdom? And maybe it's, you know, we look at someone on our list and we go, I don't know what they want. And the Lord's like, you know, what why don't you give them a phone call? Just talk to them. Maybe it's a nephew or whatever you haven't talked to in a long time. Ask them how they're doing. Share the Lord with them. Do whatever. Encourage them. Tell them they're doing a great job. Let the the kingdom of God flow through us. So that we see the thing about storing. On the kingdom of earth or storing in the kingdom of heaven those are the things we're going to go to when we're poor. <laughs> when we need something, I got to get this kid a present. Well, if we've been storing up treasures on earth, we're going to go Oh, here. Here's your present. If we go there and we're like, man, I didn't, haven't really been storing up any treasures on earth. Oh, man, here's forgiveness. Here's encouragement. Here's peace. Here's joy. Here's love. Here's some of my time, which we'll talk about next week a little bit. First Timothy six ten says this. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. One of your small group questions this week is, what are some of those griefs? And I I, bet a lot of us here, myself included, I can tell you what grief I've brought myself for the love of money, for trying to get money. Or, maybe it's not even the love of money, but for thinking that some gift I give has more importance than the gift of God. And so I, I grieve myself. You look at uh, the sketch we just saw. Why, why does she do the dinner every year? I don't know. I can't go into her soul, right? But why Why does she do it? Does she do it because it gives her attention? Does she do it because out of obligation? Does she do it to make... People feel guilty. I don't know if that dynamics in any of your families where somebody does something else to make somebody feel guilty. See, these are all things that serve us. And so you might have a party and you have the party for your family, and it is an eternal gift to that family because your heart is in it. You may have the exact same party and you might be advancing the kingdom of the world because you're just doing it because. Nobody ever puts on a party and I'm finally, I'm the one who has to do it. I always have to do it. And which kingdom are you advancing? It's a root of all sorts of evil. But you, man of God, or woman of God, flee, run, get away. You got your Christmas list and it's stressing you out and there's all sorts of things to buy and you don't want to go to that family thing run into the arms of Jesus and go I, I can't do it I can I can't do this help show me God how to not spend, overspend how to not go into debt going into debt at Christmas time is sin it's living outside of what God has provided now there are all sorts of you know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you know the families can't eat and there's you know and you're just trying to scrape by. You understand what I'm talking about? It's when we're just buying things because if I show up without a gift, I'm gonna look really bad. So I will go into debt and have to pay that all over all this time rather than just go. For some of us, the greatest kingdom thing we can do. Listen. The greatest kingdom thing we can do is to call up everyone on our list and say, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. That is humbling. That is very humbling. Right? And you just say, what, what can I do for you that wouldn't cost money? Right? That's kingdom stuff. For others, it might not be that thing. You see what I'm saying? I'm not trying to, this is not. I, I'm trying to open my own eyes to this season of what can I do that would be radical to bring, infuse the kingdom of God into Christmas rather than just make it about, if I have all the gifts, it's a good Christmas. If I don't have the gifts, it's a bad Christmas. You see what I'm saying? I hope I'm making sense there. Uh, but he says, flee from these things and pursue, pursue. That word is the exact same word we use for persecute. He say, man, that's weird. Persecute righteousness. Persecute godliness. Persecute faith and love. It means to run after, to chase down. No matter where righteousness is going, you're hunting it down. You wake up in the morning. Lord, tell me where righteousness is. I'm going I'm to find it. I'm going to get it. Right? And I'm going to incorporate it into my life. Show me where it is. Show me where love is. Show me where godliness is. I'm going to forget all this stuff. Hebrews says, we lay it aside. We race forward to christ we lay aside every sin and the thing that encumbers us and we run with endurance the faith uh the race set before us running for christ the question we ask ourselves is this what kingdom does this advance does it have eternal value does it serve god or does it serve me and what kingdom does this advance they're all very closely tied together but as we get our list together, as we look at how much money we have in the bank, and we, we kind of prepare for Christmas. I know we've already probably started shopping, some of us, or whatever. I, I, that's why I wait for the night before. Then I, no, I'm kidding around. I mean, I really do wait for the night before, but it's not for spiritual reasons. So that's what I was saying. As we get that list, we say, Lord, how? How can I seek first your kingdom at every party I attend, at, for every gift I buy, for every gift I receive? for every letter I send out, every Christmas card? How do I make it not about money? And let me tell you this. The Lord will tell you. People say, you know, I, I want God to speak to me. Let him. Just let him. Just as you go over that, the Holy Spirit will talk to you and say, you know what? It'd probably be best if you didn't do that. It'll sound a lot like your own voice.